crazy Thursday today, but welcome to another segment of Market Overdrive. It's rainy here in Chicago. We're downtown, and traffic was terrible. Seriously, hmm. no parking. I don't appreciate it. My VIP parking was gone, so therefore it's not VIP, right? <laughs> Enough about me. How are you, Nick? <laughs> I was trying to think of a, the perfect acronym for VIP for you. <laughs> And I just couldn't you come up with them out. that quick, so I just let it go. It is not only raining, it's actually snowing, and it went from like 45 degrees to like 28 within like 15 seconds. So here we are. And Welcome to Chicago. Brought to you Welcome by. to Market Overdrive. And let's just get on to the important stuff, and that is helping understand the VA stuff. What are VA, we talking about today? VA Nick? eligibility is the <laughs> ultimate thing that you need to know. If you're in our industry as a, as a mortgage professional, it's key. It's a great product. Speaking of mortgage professionals, let's introduce the real lender in the show. No. Oh. Hey guys, how are you? Hey. I'm the one that's actually going to take the lead here on this. Ooh, let's sit VA back. Nick. lending. You and I can let's just like back. go back. I'm sit back and relax. Nick's going to be the filler today. Ooh, filler. Right, let's do it. I'll be the filler. All right, it's your show. You and Trevor take it over. Hi, Trevor. How are Hi. you? I'm doing well. How are Who's you? Who's going to introduce Trevor? I'll introduce Trevor. Today we have uh, Trevor Orsinger of Orsinger Law, a small boutique uh, real estate firm here. Trevor is visiting us here today in studio, and we're going to talk about uh, how we're able to help out veterans uh, through the loan process. Obviously, Trevor is a serving uh, Air Force veteran. Yes, that's right. I am uh, a lieutenant colonel in the uh, Wisconsin lieutenant. Colonel Goose. Do you wear a yeah. suit? Can we call him Maverick or Goose? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, oh, easy. The no, that's, that's my movie. That's not that's your more Iceman. Like, seriously. Hey, that's yo, Ice. There you go. Okay. We needed a nickname, Trevor. We're just going to pass right. it to Iceman from here on out. Oh, right. my God. I Wait, why didn't you wear your uniform? You're not allowed to wear a uniform outside? I, no, it's under the suit. Oh, okay. okay. So, wow. Yeah. It's under the suit, you guys. Okay. All right. The original Mod Squad can leave now. It's a Trevor and Carla interview. <laughs> right? Let's do this. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the real estate side. Yeah, so I graduated from uh, John Marshall Law School in 2003 and ended up joining the active duty Air Force in 2005, where I was um, active from about 06 until for almost about four years. Uh, and after I got out, I um, had a couple of jobs in uh, a couple different cities throughout Illinois and uh, eventually opened up my own practice just recently. So one of the things that I find most enjoyable about what I'm able to do is to offer some uh, veterans assistance in a variety of legal topics to include veteran loans. Um, I think, you know, as we were talking about earlier, sometimes the process can be a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. and a little bit difficult. And so one of the things that I most enjoy doing is being able to simplify that process on behalf of my clients. So need, no need to ask you why specifically veterans, because, you know, in our industry, when somebody focuses on veterans, uh, you always ask why. Now, everyone has different reasons, but the most common one is the connection. Uh, obviously, yeah. you being in the Air Force, it was something that uh, felt right and is why you p- took yes, the path. Yes, Absolutely. Okay. I think um, there's no greater calling to this country than, than serving in some capacity. And it doesn't necessarily need to be in the military. For me, that was. I think I agree. We all agree. Yeah. Right. And so to be able to offer help to those who may not know as much, you know, for example, um, is, is truly, I think, another form of service that I just truly absolutely enjoy. Yeah. And I, I've said this over and over again. I, I think everybody can collectively agree. We've, uh, it's never enough when it comes to supporting the veterans and the stuff that they have to go through, post-traumatic stress and, and the injuries and, and you know amputations and just all the medical attention they need post-service uh, is one thing, and it's never going to be enough. I don't really think we're ever going to accomplish enough. I think we're always going to try and get better, but we're, we're, we're always going to need to do more because things get more intense as time goes on as well. Yeah. And, um, but if there's one thing I truly feel that they hit, hit it on the head, it's this program for mortgages. Because if you look at it from a landscape, there is nothing 
in the industry like the VA loan. And it, it, in, I'll let you guys get into that. I'm just going to play the color role here. But it's the only thing I've ever said. You know what? We did that one thing right when it comes to veterans because yeah. we have given them so many things. Not, not that we, but the industry has provided so many resources for them to take advantage of that I think a lot of veterans have no clue um, at how easy I should say it is to get along and protected by the way not just like you just sign yeah. your name and take out 500,000 yes. you can't afford but it's so Here. forgiving and it gives a lot of leeway that the, the non-vet yes. can't achieve yeah and I, I think as we continue this discussion there's a couple of the programs that I think are really important um, you talked about how the government can help service connected uh, service disabled uh, veterans as well as um, some property tax exemptions that exist within the state as well uh, so um, yeah, look forward to it. <clears throat> well, having said that, for our YouTube friends, thank you so much for following us and being hanging out with us every Thursday. I do want to go through the rundown so that you can follow us on YouTube and kind of fast forward or reverse um, according to the information that most interests you. So today's um, topic is obviously VA, um, but we have some really cool subtopics that I think you'll really enjoy and find useful. Um, military culture, benefits to veterans, service disabled veterans, tax savings, uh, first-time buyer incentives, and I believe it's Secra. You said? Yes. Secret. Yeah. And then, of course, our very own Graco Foodness is going to give us uh, a rundown of the benefits of um, the, the loan programs. And, of course, I will review uh, the purchasing aspect of the timeline when it, with respects to buying for um, using a, veter- a VA loan. Um, so do we want to go and do the uh, – do you have a natural question? Absolutely. You do? We can't do a show without a nitro question. We cannot? There is no show without the nitro question. And today's nitro question is sponsored to you by Stuart Title. Thanks to our friends. They paid the bills over at Stewart Titles. And we're going to ask you, we always ask uh, our guests a question. Um, sometimes it's related to the topic, sometimes it's not. Now, be it that your background, I have to ask you an Air Force question. <laughs> You're not going to answer it right away. We want to hear the answer in about 15, 20 minutes. We'll come back to it. You can Wait, can I just say something about the Nitro question? The cool part about this question and why it's so hilarious is because we sit here and watch Nick make a complete <laughs> fool out of himself because he never, we never know what he's going to ask. Like, he literally I don't know what I'm going to ask till the moment. I kind of feel it out. Is, you're going to answer this easily. All We're right. just all curious. We want to know we do. one of the most craziest, shocking, uh, Come on, make All it good. inspiring stories we've you've had to deal with in the service in the Air Force. Oh, inspired! I like that. Okay, or just crazy and shocking. Okay. We'll just take if it's funny, it's even better. But okay. if it's not, if it's just if it's just insane, we want to hear it. I mean, who doesn't want to hear something like that? I yeah. want to hear it's not, it. It's not often you get a vet but it's from the be... Air Force, and it, you know, it doesn't have to be related to real estate. This is just a nitro question. Okay, this is about you, and sometimes it is related to the topic, sometimes it's not. But we're gonna come back, let that marinate. We're going to come back to that later. Like you said, you're in the field, right? So we want to get to know you. Um, obviously, we want to introduce you to our audience and our friends um, that watch us all the time. So we want to know about you, your personality. So tell us one of your best stories. See what you've got. But um, So now moving on with our show. Um, specific. Why don't we start with the actual aspect of why people should be listening today, Graco. Um, give us a rundown with respect to the benefits of a VA loan. So like Nick said, it's an amazing program simply because you're not putting any money down. Okay, the the VA loan is insured by VA. Um, You reap all the benefits to any other grant programs that are tied, uh, whether it be a county grant or a state grant program. Trevor also mentioned that some of the state uh, local tax codes also give you a reduction on your property tax bill. I know I had a client last year that actually was totally exempt 
from their Cook County tax bill. Zero? Zero, because Zero. It was, he was a disabled vet. So nice. keep in mind, we did have to close on the loan, and we did have to qualify him based on the current tax bill. But after he filed his exemption, the new tax bill would adjust and his payment, his mortgage payment would be reduced because that tax bill would be at zero. But the first thing you want to do when you uh, apply for a VA loan is uh, verify your certificate of eligibility. That's the first thing you want to do. Certificate of eligibility is going to tell us exactly uh, what you're qualified for uh, as far as the... um, Help me out here, Trevor. My mind just went blank in reference to the... We were talking about this off-air. Your entitlement. Okay, so that certificate eligibility typically starts at around $36,000. And what that means, that's the amount that VA is going to cover if, God forbid, you just can't pay that loan at some point. Um, That's number one. Number two is you want to make sure that the lender that you're going to is VA approved. It's very important that you work with a lender that specializes in VA. Uh, It's going to make your process a lot smoother and finding a property when executing that contract. Uh, Number three... If you need help uh, obtaining your certificate of eligibility, you want to apply online at the VA eBenefits portal. It's a very simple process, or even us us, as a lender can help you walk you through that process. Um, And then the last way of obtaining your certificate of eligibility, if uh, you don't want to go through the online process or you want to go the the old-fashioned way, you can just mail in your form, which is their 26-1880 form. Uh, and that process takes about six to eight weeks to come back. So we highly recommend that you do that online or come into the office and we can walk you through that process of obtaining that certificate. Uh, once you've acquired all of that, the process is very simple. Typically, 30 to 45 days is what I've experienced from the time that I've pre-approved the borrower. Or I'm sorry, take that back. From the time that a contract has come in uh, with a borrower for, to closing. So Trevor and I talked about this off-air for me and and my little group, uh, the process of VA is no difference in processing and underwriting. Yeah, there are a little bit more documents that we have to to gather and, and verify, but it's it's really no different uh, than my conventional loan or my FHA government loan. So um, I highly recommend that you take advantage of it. Again, it's zero percent down. There is no mortgage insurance. I did leave that out a second ago. How do you leave that out? Yeah, I'm sorry. How do you leave yeah, that out? Yeah, and I think that it's very important before we get into Trevor and the military culture, um, I think it's imperative that our listeners do understand the concept of what it means for no money down, right? So if you're looking at a $200,000 example, that's $7,000 for FHA loan program that you would have to save. And it takes people a long time to save $7,000. And if you're going to go the conventional route, you're talking about 5% down loan program, that's $10,000 down that you have to save up. If you have a a VA certificate and, and you qualify for a VA loan, you don't have to come up with this money. And so you're saving money by not having to come out of pocket. And then more importantly, on a uh, carrying cost basis, on a monthly basis, you don't have to pay PMI. So in some cases, what did you say? That was like 158 or something? Or 180? About 180 bucks. Oh, no, $200,000 loan yeah. program. So you're saving $180 on a monthly basis. And then there's also the whole forgiving of... <clears throat> Excuse me, of like bad, not necessarily bad credit, but it's it's very it's lenient, a looser, right? It's a little it's a looser. looser. So yeah. you have what the minimum is like six twenty. Six twenty minimum credit score. So I mean that's uh, unbelievable, is it, is right? Six twenty right now. I haven't done a VA personally. I haven't done a VA loan in a while. I thought it was lower than that. So I'm showing well, here. I know there's a five eighty, but yeah. typically it, you want to be right around the six twenty mark. 
So obviously, if you've had hit some hard times and you even have some like defaults with respects to foreclosures, short sales, or even judgments like you know bankruptcies, um, it's very forgiving to that. And also, I mean, six twenty, and you still get very competitive rates. So I think it's a great I mean, overall program. That I, you said it, it's like you know it's like business as usual for you because you process these all the time. It's the same process, but you're getting more benefits. And I think everybody should take adva- advantage of this. Um, and I believe there is an assumption too as well that if somebody were not able to carry it on, you can assume, uh, give it to someone else and someone else can assume the responsibility. So mm-hmm. great flexibilities. Um, so that's why it's important. We wanted to bring you in here, Trevor, so you can tell us a little bit about this culture and why are actually people not taking advantage of this? Yes, yeah, so I think, you know, first off, I want to thank all of you guys for taking the time to explore this issue. It is really, really important for, um, I think, veterans to at least understand that this program exists and is out there. Um, when we talk about the military culture, I think you you generally have a bureaucracy, and I mean that in the best sense of the word, being able to instill a level of training and responsibility in, in young troops and young airmen and young Marines from a very, very early age. And so I think what you could do within this industry is, is leverage that to, your, um, to a positive effect. And so what we talk about this culture, it's, hey, I need you to do A, B, C, D, and E. And they will generally get that done pretty quickly. Um, and so when, when you have... Um, when you have that understanding of, of how the military mindset works and how they how the bureaucracy trains them to accomplish a certain task, I think that ends up being uh, for everyone's benefit. The two biggest things I think that from a service member's perspective are getting that certificate of eligibility and finding a copy of their DD-214, which is the second thing that the veteran needs in order to at least begin, I think, the underwriting process or begin the loan approval process. So a lot of people don't know where to go get that certificate of eligibility. Every service member should have access to ebenefits.va.gov. And on that site, they can pull up a letter that says you are now eligible for a VA loan. Um, And so they should be able to provide that that to a lender within minutes. Repeat that one more time. It's ebenefits.va.gov. Cool. Um, And then the second thing is the the DD-214. And that's just basically a document that describes that they were in the service and that they are truly eligible for the loan. Mm -hmm. So now let's go into... Because you'd be surprised because this has happened to me more than once. I thought it was a one-off thing the first time it happened, but it happened more than once. There's still human beings at the end of the day that are working in the administration departments of the VA. They make mistakes. <clears throat> I had a client that served four years, National Guard. Uh, she got pregnant. She was discharged. Um, on a, like she, sure. she was just discharged. Sure. And she, you know, got her ducks in a row. She's ready to buy a house. She comes in. She's, you know... Uh, wants to do a VA loan, and it said uh, dishonorable discharge. So now it's clearly a mistake. She's like, "Wait, what?" And and she was completely blindsided. You know. Now what I learned from her is to go and repetition that, or to go. Correct. You, you you're gonna be able to explain this better. Yeah, it yeah. Take, it take a great up to Twelve months. That's a great question. This happened to me twice now, and I thought that was really strange. Yeah, uh, like you, like you mentioned, it's you know it's a it's one-off an thing. Organization that's run by human beings. They're human beings. They're sure. going to make mistakes. So there's a process in place that accounts for that, and it's called the Board of Corrections for Military Records, the BCMR process. And each service component has their own BCM process. Um, I talked to a gentleman earlier this week who was looking to get that done. So it's something you know that that's another thing that I do in my practice is is being able to help those veterans who who need to make a correction on their record. From a timing perspective, it's. It, it, like like any bureaucracy, it's going to take some time. Um, they but, told her six to twelve months, yeah. and we had to do a totally different loan program. It was a nightmare, yeah. but you know she wasn't prepared to do another loan program. Right, it's a big haul from zero percent to five or ten percent down. Enormous, enormous. on a four hundred thousand dollars purchase. You know, and 
and at that point, it, it may help to have you know somebody who focuses their practice law in in this area to see if they can pull the levers maybe a little bit more effectively. And so, could you have done something to yeah, like escalate yeah, that absolutely. process a little bit? Absolutely. We should have not that sh- I not that I'm able to grease the wheel, so to speak. No, but I, think I know, but you, you know how to navigate the system a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I should have met. You should have done this show in November. You would have <laughs> saved us a lot of time and her a lot of money. I mean, yeah. you know, to go from a four hundred fifty thousand dollars purchase, That's planning from zero, yeah. to end it's up huge. having to put down twenty five thousand. It's a big That's swing a for a single mom. Yeah. Big swing. So one thing we forgot to mention about the uh, VA loan program, aside from the fact that there's no money down, they get to go up a little bit higher in loan amounts. Right. So what Written are the loan limits? Keep, uh, it, it varies by, by county, but they can actually take advantage of the program and go above and beyond the traditional conventional loan amounts and still keep the zero money down. Now, there is a, a max at some point where I'd have to relook at those numbers because it's, it's early 18. Those numbers sometimes readjust in the beginning of the year. Uh, so I don't want to get caught saying something that I'm, I'm off by a little bit. But... Um, as you go up higher and higher and higher, then they'll require small down payments. Like you could do like a million dollar loan with 3% down or 5% down, which yeah. is not possible. So you can stay within the parameters of the, the zero You're, down loan limits, but the, you can always go above. And I believe what, 25% if you go above for I a rem- down payment? I remember one time looking at a scenario. We did a show on vets, which was one of our most popular show back three years ago. I think Charles Daly was here. A different and we platform. took we t- at a different platform. And we took... Uh, a 660 or 680 credit score vet and did a million dollar purchase and it was like mm-hmm. compared to a conventional purchase first of all the 660 wouldn't have been approved or 680 like not even on the radar to get approved unless it was like an astronomical down payment of 40% on this jumbo purchase and in the in the case with the vet it was like 5% down no MI mm-hmm. if the if you were a non-vet you were going to put down like 30% to get approved on a 680 at that time three years ago. So look at the difference there. 30% down payment on a million. And if you're a vet, 5%. That's amazing. And there's no MI for the vet. And it's well worth mm-hmm. it, right? I mean, you need to it's provide just, housing for people you know, who are serving for us. Uh, and then also looking into the, like, the dynamics of the financials when it comes to these programs, um, is it true? Well, you do have limitations on what closing costs and fees that they can be assessed against these programs, correct? So there's a limitation? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Rocco, so, do you want to speak to that, or Trevor? Doesn't matter. I don't. I don't know if there's a limitation, but I know there's. Uh, we talked about this earlier, where you're allowed up to four percent. Trevor actually corrected me on that because I thought it was a little bit higher, but you're allowed four percent in seller concessions when it comes to that. Right. So four percent seller concessions, right? And and they can also Which use the it. Closing costs. Mm-hmm. C- closing costs, but also because they're so they're so lenient on forgiving of past debt of judgments. We did agree that um, they can also go towards judgments. If somebody has like a past due judgment that's affecting the loan process, it can get cleared off with the uh, with that addition with that including included in that four percent. But what I mean as far as like closing costs, there's a limitations on what kind of closed lender fees you can charge because it is a, a because it is a VA program. Correct. Well, for us, all of our lender fees are waived on veterans. I mean, that's the least we can do. So keep in mind that if you are taking on a VA loan with us, you know, we want to make sure that the cost to, uh, you know, finalize your transaction is the least amount of money out of pocket. Think of it like this. You're already getting the loan at 0% down. And then on top of that, if the seller is willing to give you a, a seller concession, in actuality, you're coming to the closing table with you know, a driver's license or a verification of ID to, to finalize your transaction. You're not having to put anything down. Now, to touch on loan limits, there are what we call high-cost loan states where 
you're allowed a higher loan limit depending on what state. Like California is one of those states. New York is one of those states. Um, there's a couple other states. Hawaii is one of those states where you're allowed to exceed the normal traditional uh, conventional loan limits. So keep that in mind that, as Nick touched on, there are ways to obtain a higher loan amount and get past these traditional conventional loan limits. I don't, you know, and when you get into closing costs and, you know, in today's world, closing costs and rates are very parallel. You you don't have it like in the old days where a loan officer can decide to uh, make whatever they want in whatever situation. Our, all our loans, all our margins are priced in advance, and we have to stick to our guns. And so most lenders are priced very aggress- aggressively in order to stay competitive in today's world. It's not like a one-off case. Oh, this person's going to let me make more money than this person and all that stuff. That's been long dead for quite a, quite a while now. What that means is that if your company, if you're a lender that decides you're making 2.5% on every single loan, it's 2.5% on every loan, whether you're a vet or you're a, uh, a conventional you know, 50% down payment buyer. It doesn't make a difference. Whether you have an 800 credit score or a 580 credit score, it's still 2.5%, correct? correct? So my point to this is, and where I'm going with this is that the VA rates are by far and above the best rates in the marketplace. So it's still competitive. So if, I, if I say, for example, and I don't have a rate sheet in front of me, but let me give you a scenario. It's not uncommon to see a situation where if the going market 30-year fix on a conventional loan is 4.5%, Okay, and that is two and a half to the lender that you're going to, and that's the margin they have decided to make on every loan moving forward across the board. You shouldn't be shocked that a VA interest rate is not four and a half percent; it's like four point one two five. That makes sense yeah. because it's substantially Correct. lower across the board. So when you get to closing costs and how they correlate, I just don't really see how closing costs. <clears throat> become very problematic. Now, unless the vet wants to really buy the loan down to a rate that's well below the market, and he's like, you know what, I don't want you guys to make anything from the interest well, rate. I think I want you to give me something well costs below like market. title, attorney fees. Yeah, third-party fees, sure, you know, but like from the lender costs, like it right, shouldn't be very much on a VA loan. Let's also not confuse our listeners, right? Because we're talking about three things now. You're talking about interest rates tied down to the program. You're also talking about closing costs and then allowance, seller credit allowances. What I'm saying is, in the recent example, Grockle, right, like we had um, a washer and dryer in lieu of wash installing a washer and dryer into this new purchase we were going to get a thousand dollar credit so we were concerned that it was going to exceed the allowable amount of closing cost credits that a seller can issue at this point we're just clarifying that if, we, if you stay within those four percent um, they're not going to question whether you get uh, something in lieu of something else does that make sense and also in addition to that you can also pay off bad debt like you couldn't do that on a regular loan program. I well, mean, to remember some that, buying though. a house and also about that credit card I forgot about like three years ago. It gets cleared. I mean, your your credit gets clear. It's a win win, right? That's to the underwriter's discretion, though. Keep oh, that in okay. Mind. okay. Yeah. So I'm getting too so. excited. Let's buy a house. <laughs> yeah. and clear credit. I mean, it, it, if there's if there's a one, you know, life happens, and again, I'm not. Vets are going to get a lot more leeway with this than the average Joe. But if even if a vet himself who usually gets approved on almost every VA loan if there's a pattern of consistency where everything is always late an underwriter will scale back at some point and say hey you know we want to help but if we think this loan's going to default it's going to default you know yeah. so there's also another little thing that people don't know about is there's a protection a safety valve uh, that is not used for you know a non-veteran uh, and that's the cash flowing DTI it's not just the debt to income you're ratio. Way too this is very important. Like seriously, very technical. This is, this, are you this, gonna like really? There's a lot of arguments. A lot of nerds out there argue that this should be done on everybody. 
because whether you're a vet or just a, a, a regular citizen, you're geeking you out. should be underwritten to a responsibility level where you have enough cash flow to sustain your lifestyle outside of just your mortgage payment. Because obviously when one starts to go bad, the other one might start to go bad as well. In this case, with vets, they put a precautionary measure in there to make sure that they are still cash flowing enough to, you know, we have bills outside of the mortgage application that we don't see cable and gas and electric. And those things aren't typically in your normal mortgage application. Only on VAs do they have the secondary debt-to-income ratio. And that's why the VA loan is actually one of the best performing loans in the marketplace. I'm going to like you on days where you forget you have a show that starts at 530 because you come in here and you geek out. You don't act like a total you, goof. Bad news I'm, the bad news is I'm late. The bad news is I'm late. The good news is I'm good. I think you had no. a really important point with the secondary income and or the, or the secondary um, uh, process, for lack of a better word, and that that I think may trip up some vets when they say, "Why is this taking so much longer than a normal loan or a conventional sure. loan?" And they dig a lot deeper, and and for good reason, by the way. You know, the government's going to essentially back that loan and guarantee yeah. that loan. Um, and so I think that um, it, it's worth it. You know, if you can kind of be patient and go through the inspection, which is also probably another difficult. Right. Um, encounter for a lot of veterans it's it's worth it well it's you know, protect post, them though post, it's not inconvenience exactly. to the veteran exactly. or the borrower it's an inconvenience to the seller and i think that's where you know the mentality changes you have to look at it from a servicing uh, perspective for those that are servicing the loan first of all no service or no lender wants to foreclose on anybody's house it's the worst case scenario yeah. right now you know what i learned post crash when we all had to get really smart with short sales foreclosures offense and loan modifications the whole nine yards there's no worse situation for a judge to sit there and make a determination on a vet's foreclosure. Yeah. So lenders are, as much as they're very forgiving on credit scores and late payments here and there, and maybe even a little flexible with depositories, and you know they're, they're, they're very forgiving with that stuff. Um, they do keep this portion of uh, the loan in, in check because you know the last thing they want to do is see a vet take, get an opportunity and fail on an opportunity. It's just ugly for everybody. Let's get into these benefits, though. I really want to know more about that first-time buyer benefit that you were talking about, Trevor. Yeah, so there's a couple major benefits that are available to Mm -hmm. veterans. Um, The first and foremost is that if you are representing a client or dealing with a veteran, you want to ask them if they have a service-disabled rating from the Department of Veterans Affairs. And generally what that means is that's another program I think the VA got right. Um, I think it came under a little bit of heat within the last few years because so many claims were piling up in D.C. and vets weren't able to access the care um, and the gratuities that they were ultimately entitled to. And so what what the VA um, process looks like is that if you come back out of the service or or, or exit the active duty and you have an injury or you had a pre-existing injury that was aggravated while you were in service, you're entitled to compensation from the Department of Veterans Affairs. And the VA will make a rating based on the injuries that you sustained. So it could be anywhere from, hey, you're 10% disabled to 20% disabled to 100% disabled. So the higher the disability rating, the more services and more benefits that are available to you. Um, And one of the biggest ones is the Disabled Veteran Standard Homestead Exemption um, in Illinois. Um, And if you are 70% or more disabled, you do not have to pay taxes on um, the assessed value of a home up to $235,000, which is another enormous benefit to veterans. Um, And so that cuts your you know, that cuts your payment down by another three or four hundred bucks a month, mm-hmm. give or take, right? Man, it's so, good. Yeah, I can give you the recruiting but, but number. I, but I, I, I can give but you the I number. Think if you can go join. higher. I mean, like if he's disabled, one hundred percent disabled, why is he paying any tax? Because he's got a three hundred thousand dollars home. He's and that's the, well, no, no, really the assessed value. Doing this I'm just assessed value. I, I, I'm, not, I'm just so, saying they, they just give him more. So, in general, the assessed value is. I think the, the the sale value is generally about three times more than the assessed value, give or take. So it's. 
you know, he he's got. Oh, you said a sex fail. I'm yes. sorry, I missed yeah. that. So so he can go up to a six hundred thousand dollar home. All Absolutely. right, now we're good. He's living in a six hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah, yeah, that's and cool. he's not paying taxes. <laughs> no, that's, that, no, that's totally really. Well, you know, I just he said two forty. I'm thinking two hundred forty thousand, and even in like these surrounding suburbs, doesn't get you much. It's a decent house. There's no doubt about that. But a six hundred thousand dollar house, and you're not paying taxes on it. Hey, mm. you know, let's do this. That's that adds up. Do thirty years yeah. and saving six hundred thousand, thirteen thousand dollars a year, times twenty or thirty years. Yeah, well, you know, that money starts to add up. Absolutely. One of the other programs that's in Illinois, too, is the Illinois um, Mortgage um, Financing Assistance, and, and it's called First Home Illinois. And so it's available to, to veterans, and it's, um, they will give you a grant of $7,500 toward a down payment uh, on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage with um, a competitive interest rate. So it's only available in, for first-time home, bo- home, I'm sorry, home buyers and veterans in select counties, um, Will County, for example, and Kane County, uh, and certainly Cook. So again, it's something that, from a lender perspective, you know, you might be want to uh, want to have some awareness of it. Now, you know, keep in mind. Sorry to cut you off, Nick. These are properties and homes that they must live in. Correct. To reap these benefits and these tax exemptions. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Because a lot of people, you can't use it for someone else, unfortunately, right? Well, well, you guys just hit another doorbell here. Ding ding. Oh, you're thinking today. I love uh, it. Look at that. You Rocco. can only in a VA loan, not an FHA loan. You Wait, can what? carry you can carry multiple VA loans. Did you know that? Absolutely. But how? It's called second tier entitlement. You can't have two FHA loans. <laughs> an FHA is open to the public. Okay, okay, right. So if you if you own an FHA mortgage, you bought your first home, and then you want to go buy another property with low down payment, and your credit score is still a little quaky, um, so you you want to go buy another one FHA to take advantage of the three and a half percent. You can't close on the new loan while that old one is still outstanding. Correct. On a VA loan. You can. Can you let us know how, though? Because it gets really complicated, and it's got to be strategic, right? Because you have to occupy it because it's to provide home and shelter yeah. for our veterans. So if I'm not going to be, how am I going to live in two That's homes? a legal thing. It's not a legal thing. I can touch on it a little Please, bit. Please, thank Go you, Grox. So remember that VA covers 25% of your loan. Okay. So they have to apply that rule to new conventional loans, which today is 453100 something like that. Yeah. So if we have a borrower that... Uh, has only utilized a portion of their entitlement, which the minimum entitlement is right around 36000 Whatever's left over from that, they can actually use that entitlement money to qualify for another home. I actually did a loan last year, and I was telling Trevor about this earlier. Uh, my client was relocating. You know, They were moving him to a different base, but he didn't want to get rid of the property that he currently owned. They wanted to rent it out. Uh, kind of threw me for a curveball, but we started doing a little research, and sure enough, he had enough money left over in his entitlement money that would allow him to carry a second mortgage so long as we did not exceed 453100 which is the conventional loan limit on both loans. He was able to take on both loans um, and actually be able to qualify uh, with, obviously, their debt-to-income ratio. So there are ways to carry two VA loans, you just have to make sure that you meet all the requirements. And the first way of verifying that is to make sure that the entitlement covers that. Trevor, can you go into some other benefits that we don't necessarily talk about in the mortgage world too much, but like spouses and all that stuff that you, that you might yeah, have up your there's, sleeve? There's one key program that exists for spouses of um, those service members who've been killed in action, and it's the Homeowners Assistance Program. Um, and basically what it does, and, and from a policy perspective, it makes sense. So if... 
um, you know, you're, you live in Oklahoma, but you're from Chicago and your spouse dies on active duty or in the National Guard or with the reserves, you're essentially allowed to relocate um, and recoup the costs of that relocation to come back to your home of record. Um, so a unique program that was that was really made popular right after the crash when anybody who, and I myself was included on this, was in a distressed property because of the crash, you were and you had orders to move, which I did, uh, you were able to recover 90% of the difference between what you bought it at and what you sold it at. For, and for me, that was a significant amount of money. Wow. Oh, well, so, yeah. you know, that still exists. The other the other program, too, is um, it's a law that you need to be, I think, familiar with. And it's the service member. So let's go back to yeah, that, I'm though. Sorry. Can you share a little bit about that story? Yeah, yeah. So my, my wife and I, I entered active duty in 2006, and my wife and I moved down to Florida. So we grew up in Chicago. Uh, and the only reason we moved down there was to be part of the active duty Air Force. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, a, I was part of the Judge Advocate General Corps, and I still am. Um, so That's we Jack. we moved down there, and uh, I think we bought our property for like two hundred and fourteen thousand. We had to move. We got orders to move in two thousand and eight, and the property was worth about eighty thousand at that time. Because that was Florida, and, and the county that we lived in was, I think, the hardest hit or one of the hardest hit in the country. Dade? Pardon me, Dade, Brevard. Okay, so right by Orlando. Okay, so we rented it out for a year, and you know, but for the the um, the recovery funds being applied to the homeowners homeowners assistance program, we would have probably been bankrupt. Um, and basically, what it was, is, you know, the government subsidized your difference between what you're able to sell it at and what you purchase it for. Wow, oh, that's so, awesome. So yeah, it was a huge, it was a lifesaver, a literal lifesaver, because we would have been stuck. Right. Wow. And it's, I mean, you're working for the government, right? So it only makes Correct. sense. I mean, there's some companies that do subsidize those kind of losses as well when you're doing relocation and you need to relocate someone and it, I mean, somewhere else and they pay the difference of what it sells for versus what they owe on that mortgage. So they're able to subsidize that. And in essence, you're working for the government. You're serving us. And so that's why that's a really great benefit. Can we go back to the widow thing? If you're a widow, we, we touched it, but I wanted to ask another question. We kind of jumped ahead. Um, and there's so many. Yes. Benefits. Actually, I'm learning a lot of stuff that we didn't know from. We've done the show, the VA stuff, several times over the last few years. This a lot of great information that we just didn't know about. Um, That's because Trevor's if you're in widow, the house. If you're, it is because Trevor's in house. <laughs> Anytime you need a question, bring an attorney that knows what exactly <laughs> what a, a former vet. And don't forget, we got the nitro question coming up soon. All right, you got to answer that. All right. So, um, widows, widows or widowers, um, you have these benefits if your uh, spouse died in service. Um, do those benefits, like let's say he's not in service, he's, he comes home and then he dies post-service. Those benefits are still there? They're, they're a little less, so they may not be fully. Uh, typically, if, you, if a spouse passes away on active duty, the federal government's going to pay a $100,000 gratuity, and typically most members have the service members, um, it's SGLI, it's the, um, the acronym is escaping me, but it's basically insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, Illinois has a similar program for um, its government workers, and so... A spouse would be entitled to close to eight or nine hundred thousand dollars upon that person's death, with a, a number of rights to burial, uh, a number of uh, you know the gold star families, and so you know sure. they're, they're held up to I think a pretty high regard. Um, so the, the benefits do vary depending on what status that member was in. Um, you know, working on I'm doing some estate work right now where it's a it's a veteran, um, and you know, I, I'm still kind of investigating whether or not he qualifies for any of those any of those programs. What happens if he or she marries? Then you lose oh, after benefit. the passing. Yeah, the, the, she passed, the, the the vet passed away in service. The widower, widow, widow is um, sure. That's it's in a lifetime. Is, is is hanging out for about five or six years. Meet somebody new. Life happens. Yeah, absolutely. And then they they marry someone else. You know, I don't. There are so I think there's some concern that um, 
I think from a health insurance perspective, that may make a difference. Um, but I would look at that unique situation individually. Not want to. I would not want to make any assumptions at that point. What they would be able to entitled to. Mortgage wise, not go on Mor- mortgage wise, do they oh. still have the benefits of the mortgage? So spouses do have benefits. The same benefits that the serving veteran has. So if you're a married couple, the wife can actually receive that same benefit. This is primarily one of the reasons why veterans sometimes get married before going off to to active duty to make sure that their family and significant other reap these benefits. Um, So keep that in mind that spouses do receive VA loan benefits as well. But he said like if the the widow, right, the widow remarries, do they lose the benefit? Uh, that's yeah. That's a tough one. I don't know. Could they could they apply for a new VA mortgage? I think the mortgage stuff's out the window if they remarry. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost positive. That's what the I mortgage, thought too. The mortgage, like the mortgage stuff is gone. But I, I can't speak for the. I was yeah, asking so, you for the other stuff because yeah. honestly, I, I wasn't sure about that. A great resource is the Illinois Attorney General's uh, website. They've got a, a, a page devoted for veterans, and there's a 200 page manual on every single benefit that's eligible to veterans and their spouses, to include state and federal um, opportunities. All right, one question I do have, if you could touch on, and correct me if I'm saying it wrong, is it SICRA? SICRA, yeah. SICRA. If you can SICRA. So it's the, uh, it's the Service Members Civil Relief Act, and it's um, it was enacted in 2003, and it amended the um, Soldiers and Sailors Civil Relief Act, and it's a federal law that provides protection for military members as they enter active duty, and that includes National Guardsmen and reservists who go on Title X orders. And Title X orders is basically just a funding mechanism by which they're paid. Um, so it covers issues like rental agreements, security deposits, rent, evictions, installment contracts, credit card interest rates, uh, mortgage interest rates, uh, foreclosures, civil judicial proceedings, automobile leases, life insurance, health insurance, and income tax payments. So it's a whole ton it's like of a blanket. Everything. Yeah. Everything. That's cool. Okay. So we do have one question here. I thought it was cool question it says what if the appraisal says that repairs are necessary so just like an fha loan program you do have that component of an inspection when the appraisal is being conducted um so graco what happens if the fh i'm sorry if the appraisal calls for repairs repairs got to get done what are some of the repairs though that are there they're going to be calling out it's just it's a lot like I mean, FHA. It could be, it's like a, it's not, something. It's as like small FHA. As they are not lenient on that because yeah. it's for the protection of the vet. Mm-hmm. They're Correct. not going to they're not going to curve that. And right. Give, so for example, FHA, you have like chipping paints, no right? Chip paint is uh, hanging loose wires, GFIs, GFIs. You know, all that good stuff. Fridge and stove have to be operating and functioning. Uh, you know, I mean, there's running there's water. A lot of stuff <laughs> that you can't do on a, a conventional loan. You can do it. This is the only place where conventional loans are more lenient than VA loans. And then also, can I use a co-signer? I mean, if you stay within the loan limits and there's the debt-to-income ratios, I mean, you still have to qualify for the loan, right? You can use a co-signer. You can use a co-signer, co-signer. even though that co-signer doesn't. It obviously, it's not a veteran. And Correct. Uh, yeah, know. the co-signer doesn't have to be a veteran. Okay, so it's just it income? Yeah. Income. Okay, we got this. Yeah. All right, you're going on record for that information. If it's not true, I think he's record, right. You know I'm it's pretty Graco. sure he's right. I've never, I don't know, for some weird reason, I've never had to do two borrowers on a vet, veteran loan. I did one last did you? Last quarter. We I haven't. Get... I've always gotten one borrower. That, yep. Oftentimes, so let's get to this nitro me. question because we're running low Yeah, on man. Time. It's the nitro <laughs> question. You got to, you know, the Stewart title is All right. waiting All right. for the answer. So the craziest thing that you can tell us about your service or, okay. or story. One of the coolest things, craziest slash coolest things. Cool. So if you ever get the opportunity to fly on a military plane, take it because it's 
maybe the worst way to travel, but the best way to travel too. So it's um, gonna be insane. It's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> Wait, so, how do we get on that? <laughs> so what's great, one of the things that's great about it is that, you know as you as you fly with certain crews, you become friendlier with them, and they'll say, "Hey, do you want to you know come in the cockpit for the takeoff or the landing?" And yeah, of course, I'm not going to pass that up. Yeah, yeah. It's the coolest thing in the world. So. I had flown with the crew for a couple of flights, and when when you fly, they give you a headset, mm-hmm. so you can hear all the air traffic control and and everything that's going on. It's amazing. So on the the very last flight with this crew, uh, I said, you know, one of the pilots said, "I I, I got to find you a headset," and I said, "Don't worry about it. It's it's fine. It's cool." So we can see the the runway, but all of a sudden the plane goes out toward a body of water, and it was you know they kept kind of zigzagging back and forth, and one of the other um, it was a paralegal at the time had the headphones on. And so I just didn't think a whole lot of it because the pilots were just, they were like, yeah, you know, we're just, we're just flying the plane. So I come to find out after they land, landing was a little, a little rougher, but you know, I, it didn't really make that much of a difference. So the plane lands and the paralegal turns to me and he goes, did you hear any of that? And I said, oh gosh, I said, no, I didn't, I didn't hear a word. He said, yeah, the, the pilots, they couldn't figure out how to control the rudder. And so they had to go out <laughs> over the, over the ocean or the, or the lake, rather, to figure out what to do. And and so from somebody who's just sitting in a cockpit... <laughs> you had no idea what was going on. You would have... Holy oh, f***ing... I'm going to die. And, and thank God I didn't have the headphones on because it would have been like, you would have had a heart hey, attack. I'm a lawyer. I can help you. you know, I yeah. mean, what am I going to do except be uh, you know extra baggage for those guys? So that was one of the coolest things was to be able to see those guys react in time and use their training that they had just gone over and over and over again to respond like nothing. like it was nothing. Like that it was no so big cool. deal. You got Captain Sullied? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, almost, kind of, kind of, like he, he had to hit the water, yeah. Yeah. you were good about, you were almost going to go in the water, I mean, you almost got kept in, oh, wow, man. Cool. That, I don't know and, if I want to do it, though, I So you had no idea you were flirting with death, you're just yeah. like, yeah. That would oh, be this me. is awesome. But you feel anything? Sort of, like there was it was like, a weird landing, because they were, it was going back and forth, kind of. Shut but you're, come you're, on, you didn't saying, know anything? But you're pretty much saying that he was cool as ice. And they never said a word after. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's why we have the greatest military in the world. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's what awesome. aircraft was that? <laughs> it was it was a, a refueler. Okay. So it was a, it was one of those. Greco acts like he knows. Dude, yeah, he, like, takes like his he, he takes his multiple people were in the craft with him. He takes his Halloween costume roll. Right. <laughs> well, he knows about it. Bro, like, you were know. not Maverick <laughs> he or knows about it. Like, right? can you le- give it up? You're not. He's cool. This is like the real deal. Like the real deal. Great stuff. Thank you so much for coming Thank on you. and hanging out with us. Seriously, this was a great show, and I hope that you found it, you know, interesting, you know, educational. I mean, lots of good stuff. And of course, where can we get a hold of you if someone wants to have, um, has more? more I got a lot more questions, so I'm going to call myself. Please don't accept any calls from Nick. He's yes. really annoying. No, absolutely. On the show and after the show. Cool. Uh, please give me a call. My direct line is uh, area code six three zero four three zero eight three one three, and I'm available at Trevor at OrsingerLawGroup.com. And of course, you can always email us at info at marketoverdrive.com if you want to get a hold of any of our guests. And for all the fans of Graco Funes, you can also just, you know, email us or email Graco directly. <laughs> Don't email me for Graco. It's the last thing I want to do. Please email me for Graco. That'd you know, be so much fun. You know who else you can email and call? It is the sponsors that pay the bill. Let's get, let's get Wait, into it. Wait, I do it. want to do a shout out for uh, Carmen because she's the one who introduced us to Trevor and she okay. brought us some amazing guests. Well, thank you so much to the top of the list. Carmen. Michael Weaver. Randick and Carmen Carmenor of Stewart title. Do that. There's the top of the list. Tamika Scott with Money Matters Financial Peace. 
Denise Edenhofer with Fidelity National Home Warranty. Joanna Diaz with Credit RX, who was just here last week. Great show with that one. Lisa Husino with Allstate Insurance, who was here a few weeks back. I want to thank Trevor again for coming thank here. You. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your time today as well. Um, all my... Is there a problem? Let me, can I sign out? What are you waving lights for, right? Wait, we just want to thank everybody for following us and making sure that they do follow right. us on YouTube, Instagram. Give them our social media. Right, so you, you like, took, seriously, you, you forgot over. to I'm do done. that anymore. I'm done. I was Once you there. give these sponsors, I you're quit. like, I'm done. You quit? And thank you for watching today. That's what happens we'll when I don't pay week. the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Nick just quit. Please, Grackle, can you please tell our listeners, where can they find us? You can find us on all social media outlets, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Carlamina.com, WGN. <laughs> Thank you for watching, everybody. We'll Thank see you, you next for week. hanging out with us. And next week, we're going to be talking about Zillow. See, you're going to be excited. You wanted this topic forever.